Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. How's everybody doing? Wonderful. Sorry for my tardiness. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, we're going to get right into it. Um, Y'all ready for the word? Yes. And then, um, I do have a little gift for you, but we, we're not going to pass it out to, until the end, just because you'll look at it while I'm preaching. So today we're going to talk about, um, this is the last sermon for um, the Kingdom Living series. Have y'all been enjoying the Kingdom Living si- series? Yes. Is it cold in here? Y'all good? Y'all freezing? You hot? Okay, let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. Think through my mind, speak through my lips. Pray none of me but all of you. Grant unto me your son and your slave, supernatural divine utterance, that I may boldly may know the mysteries of the gospel. Grant unto your people the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling. What are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints? What is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them that believe? I thank you, Father, for such a great move of God today. I yield myself as a vessel of honor to your presence, to your, to your Holy Spirit, to your word. Christ, use me for your glory. Make me usable in your hands. Father, may I speak the word of God clearly. Grant unto me the tongue of the learned, that I may speak a word to them that are weary. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity to share your word. And, Father, I minister out of the grace and the calling and the anointing that you have placed upon my life as a pastor, teacher. I thank you for this time to minister your word, Father. I praise you and I glory. Just lift up your hands and declare your love for the Lord Jesus and your love for the Father and your love for the Holy Spirit. We worship you and we glorify you. For there is none like you in all the heavens and all the earth. And underneath the earth, for you are God and God alone. Christ, you are the point of the you are the point of the kingdom. You are the reason why the kingdom exists. And we praise you and we honor you. We thank you. We praise you. With your words, you tell how much tell the Lord how much you love him. We love you and we worship you. And we welcome your presence. We welcome your uh, uh, revelation. I thank you for revelation unfolding today. I thank you for understanding that we've never had before. May we be more in love, not just fall in love with Jesus, but may we be more in love with Jesus than we've ever been in love before. Cause me not to just uh, inspire, but I I thank you for for divine influencing um, your people, influencing your people, God. I praise you. May it not just only be a challenge, may it be transformation in the name of Jesus. May we be transformed. And I thank you, Father. Stand behind this holy desk as your vessel, as your clay. Use me and mold me in the way that you desire. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Today we're going to talk about the point of um, the point of the kingdom. And we're basing it out of Philippians chapter 3. This is Kingdom Kingdom Living, the series part 8. Can you believe we've been on this eight eight weeks? Oh, that was like four hand claps. 
So the, I guess the rest of y'all don't really enjoy it that much. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I, I want you next week, we have a special guest coming next week. And I, I want you to make sure you hear and you bring somebody. We're going to fill this place out. We have also some special things going on um, next week. So you don't want to miss. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we'll leave that alone. So the point of the kingdom. All right. So why the kingdom? It isn't enough for you to serve in the kingdom. It's just not enough for you to serve in the kingdom. Right. Many of us discover our place in the kingdom. How many know your place in the kingdom? Okay. One, two, three. Okay. Uh, four. <laughs> Five. Okay. You know your place in the kingdom. And some of y'all are discovering your places in the kingdom. Right. Right. So it's, it's not enough to be used by God. How many know that God can use anybody? Yes. Saved and unsaved. So the goal is not to be used. I mean, growing up, that's what I was, what was instilled in me, to be used by God. People wrote songs about to be used by God. But it's not enough just to be used by God. It, it, it has to be more than that. Our identity cannot be in what we do in the kingdom. But our identity is in who we are. And whose we are. And so it's not enough to know your place, to function in your grace, right? When you're in your place, you're in your grace. And it's important that you're in your place and you're in your grace. But above that, we need to understand the point or the reason why the kingdom exists. And that's Christ Jesus. And so the point of the kingdom, I'm just giving you my thesis. Um, the point of the kingdom is Jesus. It's Jesus. Some have exalted the kingdom as if that it's, it's, it's this elite place or this place of um, people have preached and have gone off doctrinally because they've made the kingdom as something that it was never meant to be. And they have exalted the kingdom as if, whoa, the kingdom. And I'm telling you, uh, it, it does not get better than Jesus. That Christ is enough. Christ is enough. So there are times people have glorified things in the kingdom as if those things themselves. Uh, I've been talking to people the last few weeks about some people, uh, some men um, last few weeks about the call of God. And it's not enough to have a call. I mean, a call is a call. And sometimes we have magnified the call as if something special. Like, oh, you're called. So what? What's next? I have uncles who are called and they just, you know, so what? They haven't done anything with it. So it's not enough to be called. It, the call doesn't make you anybody special. Y'all do understand where I'm yes, coming from. Yes, yes. I get a call on my life. Well, everybody in the kingdom has a call. So if you even look at the Bible, you got a call. You just look at Genesis, oh, you call, you know what I'm saying? It's just, we have magnified, in the church, we have magnified the call as if it was something special. I got a call in my life. I, you don't understand, I, I, hear that, I hear this all the time. People in say tell me they got a call. I sense a call, God got something, pur my purpose. Well, everybody got a purpose, right? <laughs> and we have magnified purpose as if it's, Something in the, like it's something great, and I'm not trying to take away purpose or calling, but let's not make it 
in anything more than what God has called it. Mm. It's just, it's, it's, in the church, we've made it into like, oh man, this, this special place. You can be called to be a mother. You can be called to be a father, a husband, a wife, a teacher, a principal, an entrepreneur. You can have different callings. But again, it's not enough to, for that calling. God wants to qualify you for that calling. There are many people who are called, but few are chosen because they are not qualified for the call. And you could disqualify yourself for the call. You really can. You can do something. Look at Saul. You know what I'm saying? So just because there's a call, we act like if that's, that's it's all in all. And it really points to the person as if there's a great, there's times that I've had, I've prayed and, and the anointing was so strong that every hair on my body stood straight up. So what? You can pray and God answers. But do you know him? Do you know him? And it's what you do every day. You can have, anybody can be anointed. But to have an anointed life, that's a different story. I mean, many people in that great day will say, Lord, I did I not do all these things. They were anointed. <laughs> but anointing doesn't qualify your character. You can be anointed and your character be jacked up. So it's not enough. I mean, just because I, if I, I, I prophesy to you and I give you something specific about your life doesn't mean that I'm living right. I can raise the dead and still not live right. My God. Judas. He raised the dead, Jesus. healed the sick, Jesus. and, does, and he, he, he wasn't right. So let's not magnify those things. I'm not telling you not to be, you know, in the sense of glorifying God in those things, but let's not make those things the, the great glories within themselves. Jesus is the point of the kingdom. And today I want to talk about Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, the point of the kingdom is Jesus. Again, some have exalted king, the kingdom of God above Christ. So let's take a look at Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Here we go. Y'all ready for this? I don't think y'all ready for this. No, just kidding. Um, finally, my brothers, and when it says my brothers, it's my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. So Paul is writing from prison, and he's telling these, these church, this church in Philippi, um, he's telling them rejoice. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. I mean, I don't know about you, but if you're in prison, I don't know that you really have a reason to be rejoicing. And he's in prison because he, not because of something that he did wrongly in the sight of God or in man, but he, it's because of Christ. It's because of Christ he's in prison. Because of his faith in Christ. Finally, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me, but it's safe for you. Mm -hmm. How many know that repetition is a great protector? Amen. <laughs> and sometimes we think because we hear something once, it's enough. But you need to hear it again and again and again and again and again and again and again. Oh, I've read the Bible, the Genesis to Revelation. Well, you need to read it every year. So if you're 35, you need to read it for, for the rest of your life. If you're 25, you need to re read it for the rest of your life. Every year, you need, to, you need to have the mind, the will of God flowing through your soul every year. It's, we forget. Part of the sinful nature is that we are forgetful. That's right. And we forget about God. We forget about what he's done for us. 
We forget about stuff. So you need your mind renewed over and over again. You need to hear the, the same old story, the same old love, right? You need to hear it again and again and again and again. It's not enough to hear it once. Faith comes by hearing, but not faith doesn't come by having heard. You can't get faith what you heard yesterday. You get faith today. It's what you hear today. Faith comes by hearing, present tense, right? And so we need to hear. And so that, that repetition protects us. Hearing the same doctrines of the faith. And, and that, that keeps us from false doctrine. Hearing something over and over again. It's a protection. I, I'm told by some who fly planes is that that they have to go to pilot school every year. And they have to hear some of the same laws and rules over and over. And guess what? It's for their protection. And so in the time of trouble, as you get the word of God in you and you hear it over and over again, it protects you. I, I, used, to, I used to be bothered by a, one of my favorite teachers. He used to teach about healing a lot. And I'm like, there's something more to it than that? Just, this healing. But I understand it now because I didn't realize there was a lot of people who preached against healing. And then, and so it was necessary for that teacher, my, my, one of my favorite teachers, to teach about healing all the time because there's a lot of people that's preaching against it. Didn't realize that. And so if you hear something of me teaching, I, I know there are people who got upset at me or internally, not vocalized, when I used to teach healing every month. Why are we hearing this again? Because, number one, if you look at the ministry of Jesus, healing was a big part of Jesus' ministry. And if you don't preach, you're not preaching healing, you're not preaching the full Christ. Right? And so, repetition is good. Let's go to verse 2. That was just verse 1. Verse 2, Philippians chapter 3, verse 2, it says, Look out for dogs, look out for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh. All right? So, here Paul is warning against those who are influenced by demons, who's coming against um, the, the faith. And he says, Watch out for them. How I many know you got to watch out for false teachers on YouTube there? I, I mean, I was just I didn't even spend time with it. But there was a guy who was preaching against like Hillsong and Elevation Music and Bethel Music. I said, what a waste. What a waste. I, I, I mean, I don't agree with everything, but at the same time, it's not that bad. I mean, well, you're going to see some dead songs that's telling you how you're a worm and you're such a sinner. And, and God, you know, your, your, your tears need to repent, you know, and, and that's what he he kind of wanted. Y'all think I'm playing, but they, really, there is. There is that type of doctrine where, and not realizing, they think that they're preaching Christ, but that what they're preaching is a, a, a humanistic view of how God looks at humanity, and it's not really biblical. And, and they, 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 you know, they look at people as worms and, and, and oh, we're worthless. But how I many know, even as Anthony Brown put it, it was, you know, we were worth it, right? He died for us. It was worth, we're worth, if he thought, it, if he thought we was worthless, then he would not made a way for us to be worth, worthful or full of worth, worthy, I'm sorry. Uh, verse three, for we are the circumcisions who worship by the spirit and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. So we are, we do, and this is how we do, and this is why. So one, Paul tells us who we are. We are the circumcision that God has circumcised us, spiritually speaking. 
He's prepared us to be worshipers. And so he circumcised our hearts. And, and what we're called to do, we're called to worship. So we're called to worship Christ. That's a calling. That's a high calling. We're called to worship Christ. Amen. We are worshipers. Say, I'm a worshiper. Of God. So we, so Paul tells us who we are. We are the circumcision or we are those set apart for God. And this is what we do. Those who are set apart from God, by God and for God, they are worshipers. And how do they worship? They worship by the spirit of God. So Paul told us in that one verse who we are, what we're called to do, and how do we do it? We are the circumcision. We are God's own people. We are his portion. We are his inheritance. And we're called to worship. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And the Christian, for the Christian, every area is worship. So if you think worship is only singing those songs, you've missed the point. If you, if this is worship, if this, only, if this is worship, I worship you, I worship you. Well, worship is when you get, go to work on Monday morning. You're not cheating your boss. Worship is how you treat your body. Worship is how you, how you love on your spouse. Worship is how you raise your kids, how you treat your dogs, how you treat your, your property. Worship, every part, worship is what you do with your money, what you do with your eyes and your mind and your, are you with me? Every part of the Christian life is worship. Worship is not contained to that soft song. It only is, it, it, it helps us, but it has to be more than that. Christ wants all of you. Worship is every word that you say. Make my life a prayer. My life is a prayer. My, 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 my prayers are worship. My giving is worship. My Sunday gathering is worship. My reading the Bible. My making love to my spouse is worship. My, me sustaining from sexual activities outside of mar marriage, if I'm not married, I'm single, is worship. Right. Quiet on that, right? Who worship by, so God does not get glory, glory in a sexless marriage, and God does not get glory with people having sex who are not married. All right. Who worship by the Spirit of God, and then it tells us what it's for, the reason why. So Paul tells us what we are and what we're called to do and how to do it. So we are what? Circumcisions. We are the circumcision of God. And we're called to worship. How do we do it? By the Spirit of God. And number four, for what? Glory in Christ Jesus. So you are to worship God for the glory of Christ. For the glory of Christ. A glory in Christ Jesus. And put no confidence in the flesh. How many know it's easy to put the confidence in the flesh? The flesh is a mess, right? You cannot trust your flesh. Your flesh, as far as you can throw your flesh, you can't trust it. And none of us can throw our flesh. Our flesh is a mess. It, it's, it will, uh, if you allow your flesh to rule you, it will tell you to do things that is totally contrary to the word of God. Your flesh will get angry and upset and use profanity. Your, your flesh will, you know, just do whatever it wants. You cannot do everything that you want to do. Right, we're talking about the point of the kingdom. You're not called to just 
Let me give you a piece of my mind. Let me let me just tell you how I feel. Like you're not how many know you're not supposed to say everything that comes to your mind. All right, I know some people won't think that, but you're not supposed to say everything that comes to your mind. It takes discipline yes. to be quiet. Yes. It takes Amen. discipline to walk away. Yes. It takes discipline to not move during church service. Amen. All right, all right. I mean, if you can sit down in front of the movie for two and a half hours and you can't sit and hear the word for 45 minutes, that's a problem. You got to have more faith to say, I'm not moving. I got to use some effort. Well, you should have went before. How important is this? God is speaking to you. All right, uh, let's go to the next one. Um, and then Paul begins to verses 4 through 6. He tells us some things that he's boastful of. He could be. Though I myself um, have reasons to have confidence in the flesh also, if anyone thinks he has confidence, a reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. And he talks about it. He's circumcised on the eighth day. He's of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of the Pharisees, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. And so he tells us, um, according to the flesh, he, this is his resume. This, this is who, what he's accomplished, right? Uh, who he is by na uh, naturally. And then he goes on in verse, um, let's look at verse 7. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of who? For the sake of Christ. So what you have accomplished, you must not consider it in light of for the sake of Christ. Christ is enough. Christ is enough. And so what you have accomplished is not to be compared to Christ. Christ must be your all in all. He must be. You have to love Christ enough. You have to love Christ more than anything or anyone. Let's continue. Verse Seven, whatever gain, uh, um, uh, um, verse eight, I'm sorry. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpass, sur surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. In order that I may gain Christ. Let's take a look at this. So he's, he's considering everything that he's accomplished and who, he's, who he is. In light of for the sake of Christ, I, I count them as laws. Why Christ? Why Christ? Why Christ is so important? Christ is the Holy One. He's the glorious one. He's the Son of God and the Son of Man. He's 100% man and 100% God. He is the bright and morning star. He's the point of the kingdom. He's the soon coming king. He's the deliverer. He's the healer. He's the fourth man that Daniel saw or the Hebrew boys saw. He is the seed of the woman, spoken, about, spoken of in Genesis chapter 3. He is throughout the scriptures. The Old Testament is Christ concealed. The New Testament is Christ revealed. Amen. The point of the Bible is Christ. Amen. The point of getting saved is Christ. Amen. So we have to, and the Bible says in Colossians that in him dwells all the fullness. So when you receive this Christ, you receive everything that he is. He's your healer. He's your provider. He's your lawyer. He's your advocate. So when you mess up, he's there to defend you. Amen. He's the one who died for you. He, his blood makes you and I worthy. So stop saying how worthy, unworthy you are. Sometimes people are like, oh, I'm just so worthy, unworthy. I'm so unworthy. And they magnify their unworthiness over the worthiness of Christ. 
I'm such a sinner. Oh, I'm so lost. And they magnify the, the fact that they're lost above the fact that they're found in Christ. He is our all in all. He must be everything. Either he's enough. The reason why God loves me, because Christ is enough. God does not deal with me based on my own righteousness and my own right standing. But he deals with me based on the basis of the blood. And when I come to him, I come boldly, not as a worm. But I come boldly and I stand up in his presence. And guess what? We're the only creatures that have a right hand at the Father. Everybody else is around the throne bowing. But the Bible says in Ephesians 1 that he is seated us together in heavenly places with Christ. With Christ. And Jesus is my big brother. He's my elder brother. And so when I come boldly before his throne... I come basis on the blood of my brother, Jesus, the captain of my soul, the one who died. A, he died a vicarious death. He lived a sinless life. He was raised with a glorious resurrection. His resurrection is my foretaste of what is to come. And just like that uh, outlet that has different plugs, he's the real outlet. And because I got saved, I'm plugged up with that outlet. And so because he got up, I'll get up. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside of you, and that great day will quicken your mortal body, whether you're alive or dead, if you're dead and you got cremated, the power of God will bring together your body together, all from wherever your little, your little dust is, brings it together and calls you to be alive. And we'll have a glorious body. Amen. This Christ is not just a, 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 a prophet, as some will say. He's more than a prophet, more than a man. He's God. He's the God man. He's the bridge between God and man. He's the God man. He's the, he's, the, he's the one that connects us with God, this Jesus. And you have to love him more than life itself. And the Bible says, he that loves me, this is Jesus speaking, John, the Father will love him. You want the Father's attention? You love on Jesus. You worship Jesus. Jesus is the God man. And he's worthy. And Paul is saying here that I suffer the loss of all things and I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. That I may gain Christ. Christ is worth the, the knowledge of knowing him. The, the knowledge of pursuing him. I think I skipped it. It says, but the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Knowing him, loving him, worshiping him, obeying him. Check this out. Savoring him. Do we savor Jesus enough? Do we think about it and, and crave him? Do we crave Jesus enough? Do we want Jesus more than we want the food? Do we want Jesus more than we want a successful life? And then he says, and I've suffered the loss of all things. Why? Because of Christ. And are you suffering for him this morning? Have you suffered for Christ? And when I talk about suffering, I'm not saying that, you're, that you got cancer because of Christ. That's a lie. You don't get cancer because of Christ. You get cancer because of the devil, one, right? And then also there's some choices that we've made that perhaps attribute to the, the fact that we got cancer, right? Right, right? There's reasons why 
some of us deal with depression because we put ourselves, I don't have any friends. Well, you, the Bible tells you how to get friends. He that has friends must first show himself friendly. So the Bible gives us a solution. If you don't have any friends, it's your fault. Look, give me friends. And, and that, that prayer will never be answered if you don't show yourself friendly. Give me friends, give me friends, give me friends. God, I just want friends, I just want friends. And the first person to come around, he's my friend, she's my friend. No, you must first show yourself friendly. If you don't have, I didn't mean to look at anybody who don't have friends. I'm not, I'm not trying to judge you. <laughs> but it's your fault if you don't have friends. Yeah, it is. Own, own, own the fact that what's going on. Well, I'm not healed. It's your own fault that you're not healed. Jesus has done all that he's going to do. It's your own fault that you're not prosperous. Grace has already done the work and faith appropriates that work. What are you saying? What are you confessing? What are you, I don't have any friends. I, I'm, I, you know, they, they, they diagnosed me with this and I'm going to die old and, and alone and broke. Yeah, you have what you say. That's why for the month of March, we, have, we are focusing on the mouth. The mouth. Your mouth is the master key of your life. You are the prophet on your own life. And you prophesy what's going on in your life today, what you said yesterday. All that you said yesterday, all that you believed yesterday, and all that you have done yesterday is the result of what you have today. So we can change tomorrow. I preached a message when I was like 20 years old called um, you create your reality tomorrow. You, you, you can frame your world tomorrow by what you say today. And you'll start, start, start changing what you say and what you believe and what you're doing. You can set yourself up. God has all, See, God doesn't make you prosperous. He gives you the power to become prosperous. Right? What's the scripture? Um, Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18. I give you power to get wealth. I give you power. I don't make you wealthy. I give you power to make I give you the ability to make wealth. I give you the ability to receive. So you got to learn how to be a receiver. So when things go wrong, don't blame God. Blame yourself. Why is it this? I've never, when my dad got killed at six years old, I didn't blame God. That was the dumbest thing in the world. Oh, God, you took my father. God didn't take my father. There's only one person that he took in the Bible. Enoch. Nowhere in the Bible does it say he took people. And we preach, pastors and preachers, we, oh, he took so-and-so. He needed another angel. He, God doesn't need another angel. That's lies. He doesn't need another angel. What it is is that person went home to either be with them or they went home or they went away from him in a place called hell. So he doesn't take, we go. It says we to be present in the body, you know, it's to be, but to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So we depart. It's not like he came and got us. Because there's things you can do to add years to your life, and there's things you can do to shorten your life. Right? That's the Proverbs 4. That's in Ephesians chapter 6. Amen. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is, this is the first commandment with promise, that your days on the earth will be well. And that you'll be lo live long on the earth. The reason why some people die early 
It's because they disobeyed their parents when they were underage. Now, if you, if you were part of that, you better repent and ask God to have mercy. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm telling you that there's a promise, Ephesians chapter 6, 1 through 3, that if you obey your parents, if I'm talking about 18 and younger, <laughs> and you're like, nah, I'm 28, I'm obeying my parents now. <laughs> I mean, you're not, you know, that's beyond. <laughs> All right. Uh, but you need to teach your children that you obey me, you'll live long. You don't, I kill you in God. <laughs> um, and then there's there's certain laws. Eating right, right? You can eat yourself into a coma. You can you can eat yourself into diabetes. You can not exercise. You can worry and not sleep enough. Lack of sleep could cause diabetes in your bodies. I don't know if you knew that, right? Those who love night owls, I'm gonna be a night owl for God. And then all of a sudden something's going on, insulin, and like, oh well, what happened? I was praying that God said sleep. Amen. Some one of the most the, the one way you can exercise faith is just sleep. Just go to sleep. Mm, I ain't gonna worry about nothing. There's there was times when my wife, um, if I'm away and, and she can't get a hold of me, she'll she used to stay up all night and all of a sudden, I'm like, whatever. Uh, uh, and so if she, if I, if she was away and sometimes she would fall asleep while driving and I had to get to a place where I had to just, don't worry about her. I'm going to bed. Courtney's not home by nothing. I'm going to bed. Well, you, you weren't concerned? No, God got you. Cause I mean, I can't do nothing. If God ain't got you, I, I ain't gonna worry about you. I don't worry about people. Like, just like, okay, I, I release you to God's hand. <laughs> She came back just for that. <laughs> you don't worry about stuff. You lose your job. Don't worry about it. God got me. You, you got, you, you, they're going to keep you on your job. Praise God. I'm going to stay the same. Still believe God. You know, good report. Praise God. Bad report. Praise God. And everything's going to be okay. I, Christ is enough. And whatever state I find myself in, I'm going to be content. Whether I'm in Arkansas or New Jersey. State. No, I was just kidding. Whatever state. <laughs> it really is a condition. Whatever condition that I find myself in, I'm going to be content. I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily going to be satisfied with poverty or sickness. But if I find myself sick, I'm, I'm going to say Christ is enough. I'm going to love Christ. I'm going to worship Christ. Regardless of what's going on, I'm, I shall not be moved. Let's continue. So it says... That I may gain Christ in order to gain Christ. How many know we got to gain Christ? I want Christ. Christ is the prize. The reward of worship is Christ. Sometimes we worship worship and we praise praise. We, we, I'm, I'm telling you, in the church, we have lifted up praise and worship on a platform that it was never meant to be. And we, we glory, we dim the lights here, okay? But we glory, oh, we created the atmosphere. Oh, the atmosphere, the atmosphere. And we worship the atmosphere more so than worship the king. Oh, worship was so good. It's like an orgasm for some people. Worship, spiritually speaking. We, 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 we oh, I just got to get to worship. Just got to get to worship. But the practicality of the kingdom, it says Christ is enough. Whether my emotions are moved or not, he's enough. Whether I feel depressed or I feel happy, he is worthy. And until he becomes your everything, 
you have not matured spiritually. You cannot base your life or, 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 or your relationship with Christ based on circumstances. So whether you have everything going great for you or whether or not, he's worthy of praise. And if everybody walks out of your life, how will you respond? How would you respond? You got to still love on him. You still got to worship him. If you lose your car, you'll still praise him. You lose your house, you'll still praise him. You get three houses, you'll still praise him. Nothing should move you from Christ. Whether things are going right or things going left. And I'm telling you, if you'll focus on him, you'll seek him first. Things will line up. And when the enemy comes to make things out of order, God will give you wisdom how to put it back in order. Amen. 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 I'm almost finished. Verse 9. And be found in him. I want to be found in him. Be found in him. Some of us have been found in the first Adam. We're found in the first Adam. But here it talks about not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes from the faith in Christ. Right here, the righteousness, of, that righteousness from God that depends on faith. This tells me two types of righteousness, two kinds of righteousness. Righteousness that, is come, comes, righteousness that comes by the law, or by me doing the right stuff, and righteousness that comes by faith. What is righteousness? One definition is right standing with God. Do I have right standing with God? When I stand before God, does he say, okay, I, I receive you because you're righteous. Why are you righteous? Because of Christ. Or do I come to God based on all the great things I've done? You know, I witnessed. I read the Bible eight, 18 times. I, uh, you know, I fasted. I went on a 40-day fast once a year. Um, Lord, you know I did this, and I, I cleaned the church. I came to church every Sunday. Do you put that before God, or do you put what Christ has done? Christ is enough, Lord. I come boldly before your throne of grace because of Christ. Christ makes me worthy, and I, come, I stand before your presence. And one definition of righteousness is the ability to stand in the presence of God without any sense of guilt or condemnation. I don't feel guilty of my sins because Christ took care of it. The, sins, the blood of Jesus does not only cover my sins, right? It acts as if I never sinned. The blood of Jesus treats me as if I've never sinned. God treats me as if I've never missed the mark. So when I do weddings, I say, one of the things I say, this man and this woman stands before God as clean as Adam and Eve were before the fall. Because they're born again. Amen. The scripture says that not been found, been found in him, that I may, and then verse 10, that I may know him. Everybody say, know him. In the power of his resurrection, and the, may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Here's Paul's praying, that I may know him. That's the heartbeat of Christianity, that we may know God, that I may know you. In the power of your resurrection, in the fellowship of your sufferings, that I'm, the point of the kingdom is that I may know you 
And be, in order to know God, know Christ, you got to know that you're righteous. I am right, I'm in right standing with God because of Christ, because of my faith in Christ. Therefore, I come to you boldly. Basic, I have confidence, not in my flesh, but in, in what Christ has done. So y'all see the difference, right? You, if you come to God, oh, Lord, I messed up. Oh, God, I know I messed up, but I thank you for Jesus that he died in my place. So I confess my mess up, and God, Jesus cleanses me and makes me as if I never messed up. So I have right standing with God. Everybody say, I have right standing with God. God treats me like Jesus. God loves me like he loves Jesus. When you believe that, your life will change. He loves you as if he, as he loves you like he loves Jesus. He knows you're not Jesus, <laughs> but he loves you like he loves Jesus. Amen. Verse 12, not that I have already attained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do. Forgetting, everybody said forgetting. forgetting. The things that are behind, right? What, what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. You got you to gotta forget stuff. Forget the mistakes and forget the successes. Forget about it. I accomplished this much last year, 2019. Forget about it. I messed up a whole lot. Forget about it. Forget about it. It's gone. I messed up really bad yesterday. Forget about it. Brand new mercies. Brand new mercies. Your successes. Forget about it. No longer your potential. Amen. Verse 14. I press on towards the goal of, for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. How I many know that Christ is that prize? I press. And, and you know, you think about pressing. It, you, you, you have to press through some situations and circumstances. I press through, through those things to obtain Christ. You can close your Bibles. <clears throat> Let me give you, real quick, how to know him. How to know him. One is prayer. Prayer, you got to be a person of prayer. Two, you got to study the Bible. Three, you must... See worship as the whole the whole of Christian life, not just all the worship songs. Weekly gatherings, and last but not least, spiritual disciplines. Prayer, study, worship, weekly weekly gatherings, and spiritual disciplines. And when you're talking about spiritual spiritual disciplines, we're talking about fasting, giving, witnessing, solitude. I think that's one we have neglected: solitude. What's solitude? It's just being quiet. So sometimes when you go prayer, just be quiet. We talk too much in prayer. We really do. We we like, oh Lord, I declare and decree. Oh Lord, no, 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 I need this, Lord. And we never give an opportunity for God to speak to us. We never allow the Spirit of God to come and convict us. We always tell Him what we want. We have our agenda, but I'm telling you, the point of the kingdom is, all right, I want more of Jesus. Now, 
there are people who have had um, stories about going to heaven, and I don't believe every every story, right? But there's some that are legit. So there's this man, a God, who's apostle to India, India, led millions to Christ. And one time he went to the presence of God. He didn't see God, but he went to the throne of God, had a vision, encounter. And the Holy Spirit on his, inside of him told him, ask for more of Jesus. Ask the Father. And he needed financially, he needed some things. He needed some healing in his body. And the Father asked him what he wanted. And the Holy Spirit on the inside of him said, ask for more of Jesus. To me, that sounds like a whole lot more of a vision from God than some of these other cats. I believe that. I believe we need to ask, not so much for more of Jesus in the sense, I mean, you got Jesus, when you got saved, Jesus came inside. But make me more aware of who he is. Make me, I, 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 thirst, and I thirst after him. I want more understanding. I want to walk with him more. And that has to be your heart. Every eye closed, every head bowed. If you're here and you say, Pastor Dwayne, I, I need more of Jesus. I, I want to be saved. I want to rededicate my life to Christ. <clears throat> I want you to be bold and brave enough to lift up your hands and say, that's me. I want to receive Christ. I don't know Jesus. God bless you. I don't know Jesus in the pardon of my sins, but I want to receive Christ. Is there another? Is there another here who want to rededicate or give your life to Christ? Is there one? Is there one? Today's the day of salvation. And the Bible says, if you are hardened not your heart and open your heart, he'll save you. Is there another one? Is there another one? Brother, let me pray for you. Just come boldly down here. Amen. That concludes this week's message. And thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.